I'm tired of seeing aspiring in your tag on LinkedIn. I don't know how many times I got to tell you that no one is searching for aspiring anything when it comes to your job title. They're not searching for it. They're searching for the job titles that they're trying to hire for or the skills. So I think, therefore, I am. You have to go ahead and see yourself as that job title and do not feel like you're an imposter. If there are people on LinkedIn that try to sway you and say you shouldn't put it. No, put the job title down because that's what you're interested in. That's your long term goal. If you're working towards that goal, do not feel bad about putting down what you want to be. Who are they to tell you not to put something down? I know I just told you that, too, but I'm doing it in a sense to help you out because I work with a lot of people that have aspiring. I say, take that junk off, man. So this past weekend, my guy, Devin, the American dream. Shout out to Showtime. Shout out to Showbiz, the adult for that new name. Devin, the American dream, Haney, became still what? I think he's still the youngest undisputed champion at 135 pounds by defeating Vasily Machinko. By unanimous decision. A lot of people are up in arms about the fight. I'm just going to let you know this. The right man won the fight. If you go back and watch the fight with no commentary, no sound, so you won't be swayed by what the crowd is saying every time they think Loma's doing more than what he's doing, you'll see Devin won just based off of body shots. He also really lumped his face up pretty bad. Loma really only had, it's reminiscent of Broner versus Pacquiao, except the difference is, Devin's output was way better than Broner's. In that fight, Pacquiao really only had two good rounds. All the other ones could be swing rounds based on what you like or if you felt like Pac-Man was being more active, even though the punches weren't really landing, right? With Loma, it's similar. He would do little hammerfish things and crowd going around, but it's not really landing much or deterring Devin much. You could say something about him getting jabbed and head going up, but That'll happen if you get jabbed, but those body shots, you'll see a lot of times those body shots had Loma hesitant from coming in. He would stop and reset and come back in, or he'll try to come in and Devin will catch him while he's trying to reset. And yeah, man, so shout out to Devin for that win. It was a good fight. I can see if people want to give a draw. Only way I think it would have been a draw is if Loma would have won the 12th, or maybe they would have gave it to him. And he just did not close the show on the 12th. It is what it is. Very good fight. Right now, he's the best at 135. Don't see him staying at 135 unless he fights Tank, and he'll probably go to 140 pounds. But welcome back, everybody, to the Textual Talk. It's episode 89. I'm your host, HD. For those of you who don't know me, I am a cybersecurity professional, a career coach, content creator, and much, much more. Today, pretty much want to talk to you like I've been doing these solo episodes on trying to like just put you guys back on game, maybe cover topics I did in the past for my new subscribers who haven't heard them. So today, what I want to talk about is today's topic will be about why aren't you getting interviews? I have been doing this close to what, three years now, and I'm going to specifically talk about cybersecurity right here. I've been doing this for a while, and there are a couple of things why people aren't really getting interviews. The main thing is bad resumes, and this has come from people that has experience and no experience. The resume is not good. It's all over the place. People are trying to congest information for two pages into one. It's not highlighting experience. You're not marketing yourself. And it's, just, it's not good. It's like when it comes to getting the cybersecurity, the resume isn't going to just say you're going to get the job because a lot of people will say, okay, get your resume like this and do this or that, and you should be able to get in the job. But that's not necessarily true. But the resume is a... I would say like a presentation of yourself or what people's first perspective on you possibly may be based on what they read from your resume. And that's why it's important. It's a marketing point. If you're not marketing yourself the best, 
how can you expect for a, a company to even call you for a screening? Think about it. Y- y'all be on Tinder and Hinge and whatever other sites there are. If your profile not good, especially this is for the guys, if your profile not good, they're not swiping right. Women, y'all know y'all put all that stuff down on your profile, so hopefully somebody swipe right. It's similar to your resume. Now, you don't want your resume to be overworded with a lot of word salad. It just needs to be concise, straight to the point, but highlighting your skills that are relevant to the job that you're applying to. Also, this made me think of something. Another reason why some people are not getting interviews is because they are using one resume to try to apply to five different job types. That doesn't work because those jobs may have some overlap, but they're still different. So what you have on one resume may not resonate what's on the job description. So you would have, and then, and also I'll tell you this, having to tailor your resume for five different, let's say for instance, you do, you apply to 20 jobs, right? And what we got five times four. So we'll say what four or five of those. Yeah. Five are in each different, five of those jobs are in different categories or different job titles. So with that being said, with you trying to tailor it, Five different times in a day, that can get daunting. So it'll make you start wanting to give up. Oh, nobody's calling me back. I'm not getting this. I'm not getting that. Yeah, because for one, your skills don't align with all those roles. Number two, that's a lot of work to try to tailor it to five different job types. I Now, here's the key. Notice I said job types and not job titles because job titles can be deceiving. A job title, for example, you can have, sometimes you can have a threat analyst, a SOC analyst. Sometimes IR, security analyst, some of these could be the same job function. You just have to read the job description. Now, when they're totally different, you have a SOC analyst, security analyst, something next to you by GRC, vulnerability management, all these different roles. What If you have been working on strictly blue team SOC type of work on your resume and you're trying to go apply for a VM role, nine times out of 10, they're not going to call you back. Because most of the time in SOCs, you don't do VM management. You may notify somebody of an alert you see or or some or something, but you're not doing the remediation of the vulnerability, or you're not doing the patches. You're not doing it. You're not scanning for those. We get the emails when they're doing the scans. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. Just because it says security on it, and also look, transparent moment. I used to do this when I was laid off. I was applying to everything that says cybersecurity. So that video that I got, 100 jobs told me no. I'm gonna try to put it like right here. That 100 jobs told me no joint that I did. That's another reason why I was applying to any and everything because I was desperate. And desperation mixed with trying to succeed is a way to kill your mood. I remember, I'm going back into it because I know this has been a tumultuous time for our job seekers and people in the job market. I remember waking up early in the morning, applying to jobs, and then seeing around, hopefully somebody hit me up on LinkedIn. If not, I'm like, Bob, what, two o'clock, I'm ready for the day to be over so I can wake up, do it again. That cycle is very draining. And there are some people who, is, who apply to more than 100 jobs. So some people have doubled, tripled, quadruple the amount of jobs that I applied to when I was unemployed. So I already know how that feels. And that's why I said, if you're applying to 600 jobs and only got three interviews, that's a problem. Here's another kicker. This is other, this I'm going to call this, we're going to from now on, we're going to say LinkedIn is your digital resume. And a shout out to my girl, Christy Kennebrew for talking about the importance of LinkedIn, especially from a recruiter standpoint. Some of you could possibly land more leads just based on your LinkedIn being more presentable. I need to clip this right here so I know what to do with it. I'm tired of seeing aspiring in your tag on LinkedIn. I don't know how many times I got to tell you that no one is searching for aspiring anything when it comes to your job title. They're not searching for it. 
They're searching for the job titles that they're trying to hire for or the skills. So I think, therefore, I am. You have to go ahead and see yourself as that job title and do not feel like you're an imposter. There are people on LinkedIn that try to sway you and say you shouldn't put it. No, put the job title down because that's what you're interested in. That's your long term goal. If you're working towards that goal, do not feel bad about putting down what you want to be. Who are they to tell you not to put something down? I know I just told you that too, but I'm doing it in a sense to help you out because I work with a lot of people that have aspiring. I say, take that junk off. And I showed them my title is a little different. I have soccer, I have content creator, I have cybersecurity career coach, I have LinkedIn instructor. I have a lot of stuff on there, but I get hit up for soccer roles, IR roles, anything in the realm of blue team. I get hit up for it all the time because my profile speaks to that. Next, you can have a good about section so they can know who you are, your skills, relevant skills to the roles that you want to land. And this is two parts. Another reason why you aren't getting interviews because your skill set is lacking in some areas that don't allow you to get seen for the role. Or what I've also experienced with the resumes is that some people have skills put in their experience, but do not have them in that technical skills portion. So if you don't have your skills in your technical skills portion, they may not go through all your experience and see those skills. So you have to remember to highlight your skills. It's very important. You can also add your projects on LinkedIn. If you're a person that is constantly trying to show your value, but you don't have experience, put your projects on LinkedIn, make them descriptive. And then this is the other part with your bad LinkedIn. Hey, network on there, have a lot of network connections, post about things you're working on, engage with different people. You never know who you're talking to. It could be a hiring manager, somebody on a team of a job you apply to. You never know. But if all you do I put it like this. So the last episode I was talking about how you can't go from so three months and you're like like 130K in three months and three months was a stack against three, five, six years of experience. So think about that. You can't just apply if you're on a short end of the stick when it comes to experience and expect to get called over to people with three, six, seven, 10, 15 plus years of experience. You got to get on the go. You got to be proactive. You got to reach out to the recruiters, the hiring managers, the people on the team. You got to go to the job fairs, join the community, join the talent community for the company. You got to do that. If you don't do it, then who will? So I said I had to pause right there so you can actually get it through your head. I think what's happening is there is a lot of overcomplications of the job search process. It should be simple, but yet effective. My way, I've been doing this for years and it still works, but I also go through and refine it. If you want to, here's a cheat code. If you want to know how to apply to roles or look for roles that you qualify for, two things. Take current skills that you already have and do this on Indeed. It works better on Indeed. Use a Boolean search, put that skill, and then and you could do, you can either do the industry or you can do inside security. But I would do like this. A lot of times I work with people that's doing healthcare or something else. So I do, hey, let's say they got a skill. They know Azure. So I'll do Azure and healthcare. And we'll get a list of roles that use Azure. Or we'll do even more defined skill. We might say identity and access management and healthcare. And we would start seeing different things that they could qualify for just based off of searching on their skill set. So if you look at skill set, you're going to find more roles. You don't have to worry about searching for titles. Titles can be misleading. The job description is going to tell you what you need to do. And if you don't have a skill set, the job description will also help you know what you need to work on. And I really didn't talk about how to improve your resume. I have a video on that, on like bad resumes and what you should look for. So you can check that out on my channel. But those are some reasonings behind what's going on with your resume. Now, in the future, I'll probably do a video, another video where we're actually just breaking down some random resumes where they are. I actually have some and we'll just redact everything and we'll just react to them live or do it in a way where everybody can see it. So you can see if you are making some of the same mistakes. 
And also, right now, if you need your resume review or you want me to briefly look at it, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn or you can email me. My email is always in the description and I'll look at it. And then if you want to go from there and we can do a consultation or whatever you want to do, we can do that. Or also I have my free stuff on here, my webinar, how to get into cybersecurity. But I'm like, I tell you all the time, recruiters only have six to seven seconds when they're looking at your resume. I can look at your resume instantly. I've told people briefly, I say, yes, the resume. And you don't know what you don't know. If you're coming from a different industry, and that's also the reason too, guys, if you're going to get your resume professionally done, it don't got to be by me. But get it. Make sure you see somebody who's helped people or at least do the resumes in the industry you want to go in, because sometimes people do your resume as if they're in a different industry and it doesn't it doesn't resonate to a cybersecurity resume. And they are slightly different. I know how to make a good resume look good, but you have to really know how to highlight technical things, especially if you're going for a technical role. You can do it in non-technical roles, too. But non-technical roles, you want to more so highlight more metrics. You can do that, too, in a technical role. But. A lot of times we don't have the metrics because we don't write them down, but the technical skills are enough. So those are some of the different things that you need to know how to do and know how to show on your resume. Like for real, show and don't tell. I'm going to say that probably all 2023. That's my motto. Show and don't tell. And I keep on getting people that fall into my, actually, you know what? Let me find this real quick. All right. So I'm going to put this dude on blast. I was talking about him before. He sent me this message. I had made this post about Sec Plus and saying, why hiring managers don't care about it. And I was saying, if you could pass in three weeks and don't know anything, that's why we don't care about it. And I had chopped it up in a short form video. This guy has said, look, this is a message. I'm reading it. I'm going to try to put it on screen. Hey, your post was really negative yesterday. I didn't watch the video because of it. Even if you are right, you should use your platform in a more positive way. All you did with this post is being, is post is being people down while advertising your YouTube channel. Why not put an alternative to Sec Plus in your post? I'm not on LinkedIn to find YouTube videos. And then he goes on to do give me 10 titles that probably would be just as applicable. And I'm like, bro, don't ever send me that. Like, I have to remember it's on LinkedIn. I'll be wanting to say some other stuff to people and I'll be like, all right, it's LinkedIn. I'm going to keep it G. But when people don't watch the video, <laughs> I don't really care what you say. If you don't watch the video, I don't care what you say. I'll just block you and go on because it wasn't a negative video. It's always giving people, I'm always going to say some shock value stuff and then give you value in it. That's it. That's that's what I like to do. And that's what I'm going to continue to do because y'all don't pay attention to me when I'm just being nice and regular. So that's what I'm going to do. Here are two quick tech topics that I want to dive into, especially for this generation, because they love these tools. Let's get into it. Clone CapCut website push information stealing malware. For y'all that don't know, CapCut is a popular video editing software that is on, I believe, on iPhone and Android. And people primarily use this to edit videos, mostly for TikTok. You can do templates on there. It's a very powerful tool, surprisingly, just for on mobile. I wanted to touch on this because people are into short form content creation. And I want to read through it real quick just to highlight some things you guys can look for to make sure that, you know, you're safe. I will always say this. Make sure when you download apps, and especially for my Android people, do not sideload apps. Download them from the App Store. If you sideload them, anything can be on there. We used to do silo back in the day in 2010, like 2012, but no, you don't need to silo it anymore. A new malware distribution campaign is underway impersonating the CapCut video editing tool to push various malware strains to unsuspecting victims. CapCut is ByteDance official video editor and maker for TikTok, support music, mixing, color filters, animation, slow-mo effects, picture-in-picture, stabilization, and more. It has over 500 million downloads on Google Play alone. And its websites receive over 30 million hits monthly. Man, that's a lot. 
The application's popularity combined with nationwide bans in Taiwan, India, and other places has pushed users to seek alternative ways of downloading the program. However, threat actors exploit this by creating websites that distribute malware disguised as CapCut installers. So that's one of the ways I figure. Like, it's not through the App Store. Somebody's trying to find a way to download it illegally. The malicious websites were discovered by Cybul, which reports seeing two campaigns distributing different malware strains. No specific information about how victims are directed on these sites was provided, but typically threat actors use Black Hat, SEO, search ads, and social media tools. That's crazy. Look at this. It looks legitimate if you don't know what you're looking at. I'm going to put it in the screen. Yeah, so that looks legit right there. The offending websites are CapCut, that's CapCut, that's freedownload.com, CapCut, free download, CapCut editor video. Yeah, so I'm going to just read about what it's talking about the malware do. It says, when the victim executes a downloaded file, they get a bogus error message claiming that launch of the application has failed. However, Offex Stealer, Stealer continues to operate in the background. The malware will attempt to extract passwords and cookies from web browsers and specific file types, .txt, .lua, .pdf, yada, from the user's desktop folder. It also targets data stored in messaging apps like Discord and Telegram, cryptocurrency wallets, Exodus, Atomic, Ethereum, Quantumy, Bitcoin, Garda, and Zcash, and remote access software like UltraViewer and AnyDesk. All stolen data is saved in a randomly generated directory in the app data folder, zipped and then sent to the malware operators on a private Telegram channel. The threat actor also uses the Anon Files hosting service for redundancy and exfiltration step. After the stolen files are transmitted to the attackers, the local directory created for temporary hosting the data is deleted to wipe any traces of infection. All right, I'm going to pause right here. So check this out, guys. When you're interviewing for security roles, especially on Blue Team, they might ask you something about either gaining persistence or continued persistence, data exfiltration or whatever, right? So when you read security news like this and looking at how they're breaking down how the attack happens and what happened, take a mental note of these things. And even if you don't, in the interview, you may not know what type of ports they're using to do this or extra trade data or what's happening. But the fact that you can explain, OK, hey, the threat actor may put malware on the machine and they're trying to look for certain specific file types. They're going to look at certain apps. They're going to save it in a random app data folder system. And then they're going to send it to them on like a C2 server and send it to Telegram. And then they're going to try to exfiltrate that and get more information and keep on the attack going. But if you can say something along those lines, then they say, okay, they they have a grasp of this. They understand this. And this is why I talk about the understanding part of it. This is why I say you have to stay current and just look at certain things. I pulled this up because you never know who's trying to use CapCut just because they want to use TikTok. Let's see. They had a second campaign, and I think it has a PowerShell script that decrypts, decompresses, and loads the final payload, Redline Stiller, and .NET executable i'm going to put this link in the description i'm not going to go through the whole thing because i'm not, not trying to lose you guys here but that's definitely very interesting i think it's a teachable moment let's see all right so i've seen this other article from we live security and it says meet ai your new colleague could expose your company secrets and ai is great for certain instances but there is a component of it not knowing, okay, biases and AI, where's the data going? Who has access to all the questions? Or if you are putting very sensitive, pertinent information in there, what's happening with it? But I want to go through a little bit of this article and I want to see if we can react in real time to what it's talking about. Before rushing to embrace the LM, which I believe stands for large language model, make sure your organization has safeguards in place to avoid putting this business and customer data at risk. All right. 
Before you rush to welcome the new hire and use it to streamline some of your business workflows and processes, there are a few questions you should ask yourself. Is it safe for my company to share data with an LLM? LLMs are trained on large quantities of text available online, which then helps the resulting model to interpret and make sense of people's queries, also known as prompts. However, every time you ask a chatbot for a piece of code or a simple email to your client, you may also hand over data about your company. An LLM, as of right, automatically adds information from queries to its model for others to query. However, the query will be visible to the organization providing the LLM. Those queries are stored and will almost certainly be used for developing the LLM service or model at some point. All right, let's see. I do agree with that. We saw that happen. What? I think it happened with Samsung with the leak that they had using, I think it was ChatGPT. I think ChatGPT recently had a leak not too long ago or a breach. There is not a lot of regulations around AI right now, which I believe I saw an article about, I think it was the CEO or somebody at OpenAI wanted to work with government to create regulations when it comes to AI because it's a wild west right now. Everybody's doing all type of things with AI. You got people telling you use all these AI tools to automate YouTube videos and use this to automate these different things. The biggest thing now with people cloning people's voices and using AI like that, AI is able to edit your podcast sound, but I would tell you, I don't really like you because it makes it sound too artificial and it's not perfected yet. And so that's one of the reasons why I don't really like using AI for certain things like that, because it, it takes the human element out of it and it, it messes up your voice. And it's just a lot of stuff I don't really care for when it comes to doing AI just like that. But let's see what else it's talking about. All right, look, it's about it over here. OpenAI's chat GPT made headlines in March due to a leak of some users' chat history and payment details, forcing the company to temporarily take chat GPT offline on March 20th. The company revealed on March 24th that a bug in the open source library allows some users to see titles from another active user's chat history. And that's why most companies should not let you Use chat, B chat GPT on their machines. You should use it in your own machine. And if you are, you do not want to put, you don't want to put any type of details in there that could lead to a breach. It needs to be very generic. And you got to know how to ask these questions in the right way. That was a brief spill on the AI part with like just using AI in general for work and just being very much more cautious on what information can people see? What are you putting in there? Whenever the prompts are, who actually has access to the information? Can anybody else exploit a bug code or something like that? And also a lot of threat actors and a lot of attackers now are using things like chat GPT to try to write malware and try to also exploit a lot of these different CVEs that are coming out here. So you have to be vigilant. That's why I don't believe it's going to be the end of people's just jobs. They're going to be it's going to be too much work. AI can't combat it all. Someone has to train AI. Like even when it comes to when we use like our EDR tools now that use machine learning to try to pick up on some things, it's still not always accurate. It just try to go off patterns, but it's not fine tuned. It's not the best, but it's something because if you don't have an EDR solution, a SIM tool, anything else with like some machine learning, your day would be pretty hectic. And the last thing I want to bring up really quick was I saw this article on TechCrunch actually it was on their Instagram page and it says, Apple still has a diversity problem. It says, the higher you climb up the corporate ladder at Apple, the wider it gets according to data analyzed by the Communications Workers of America. People of color at Apple are far more likely to be working low-level jobs. According to Apple's own data collected between 2014 and 2021, the number of black and Hispanic workers has increased by 70.1% and 93.1% respectively. But for black workers, 856 percent of those jobs have been in lower paid sales or admin support roles. For Hispanic people, that's 60.8 percent. 
Meanwhile, the number of white people in sales roles decreased by 24.9% and the number of white people in the first mid officials and managers and professional job categories grew by 187.2% over the seven year span. Okay. Now this is not necessarily about Apple per se. This goes on at most companies. Like I've said years ago, I've said they have no problem hiring us for help desk. You know why it's a lower paid role respect to the help desk, but they don't pay help desk accordingly. And I've always said this. Everyone else has always said this. One of the main reasons I started this channel, this podcast is so you can see a person like me that's not on a lower level anymore. Isn't you can do it, but you rarely see us at the top. And one of the things is companies boast about diversity, but is it really diverse? I know a lot of us who are very educated, have the same skill set that do not get the chances everyone else gets. Now, that's a problem because, like I've said in other videos, when you don't have a diverse team, you tend to have a biased view of things when it comes to technology, operations, you name it. We have a diverse team. People can bring their experiences and their lived experiences in and show you different things that you may not look at based on culture, how you grew up, all these other things. And let's take it a step further. I believe black people probably spend the most in the country, but yet at all these different Bigger companies, tech jobs, we are not represented in that matter. It's two things, some gatekeeping, two, exposure. There's a lot of us who could do these things but don't know how to do them, don't want to go to school for them. And the other kids are learning about coding and networking, cybersecurity and stuff at a very young age. So they are much more ahead of our kids. It's it's, in a, it's like a race. And when you're starting off, everybody's already been on the, tr been on the track for probably about 15 minutes. So they're on lap 15 while you're on lap one. And that's one of the things that people always feel at jobs too. It's like, I have to really work super hard to try to even catch up and you never catch up sometimes. It's just impossible unless it's the right situation. They brought you in. They really want you to succeed and you do that. But most of the time you don't get that chance. So that's what I want to talk about today, guys. I didn't want to make this a long drawn out episode. I got some good ones coming out for you guys pretty soon. We're about to be, listen, it's road to episode 100. I want to close out with this. It's road to episode 100. Episode 100 will be probably a in-person episode. Probably may, I don't know if it's going to be my first, but it might be my first in-person episode. And that's the one. It's been a long road. I stayed consistent. It was, a, I think it's a brief time, like 2020, where I wasn't as consistent because I really wasn't scheduling and planning things out. But for the most part, I didn't, I don't, when I go back to this, I didn't know if I was going to make it this far. I knew I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to do YouTube, but the podcast portion of it is very different from me just doing videos when I want to do them. This takes consistency. This takes planning. This takes me getting better at lighting. I got some new lighting coming in, so it should look better eventually for the lighting. But yeah, just stay tuned for episode 100. And if you made it this far, let me know, would you be interested in a live episode as in coming out to see me and my co-host and maybe some guests, we actually have a pod and we talk live. Would you be interested in that? please let me know down below in the comments or reach out to me an email if you have interest in that. Also, if you want to get into cybersecurity or you want to start your start in cybersecurity, check out the Level Careers course by Josh Matacor. Link will be in the description. If you want to do tech sales, I had that link in the description as well. And if you want to get more structured, like a longer program, like a boot camp or something like that, check out Springboard Six Month Boot Camp. They do guarantee your money back if you do not find a job after completing the program after six months. And they'll also get you a SEC plus. I know y'all say I'm hard on SEC plus, but it's still a good certification, but you just have to get it in the right way. But 
appreciate you guys for rocking with me. If you listen to me on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave me a review. Please share out the podcast. It really helps out in the algorithm. It really helps me be seen. And hey, if you want to partner with my company or you want to sponsor your brand or something like that, please reach out to me through my email and we can make some shape. But like I always say, let's stay textual. It's your boy HD and I'm out.